Hallelujah. It's okay to continue to praise him. Hallelujah. Don't stop because somebody else stopped. We need to continue to glorify, to magnify him because we know what he has done. Amen. We shouldn't have to wait on nobody to say, come on, let's praise the Lord. Our hands should always be up in total surrender, giving him what's due to him. How many in this room know that you're loved? Now I'm talking about truly loved. I'm not talking about by your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your husband, or your wife. I'm talking about God's love. And when you understand God's love, everything that God will have for you to do, you will do it. And nobody has to entice you to do what God has um, told you to do because you love him because he first loved you. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you on this morning. We thank you, Father God, for being with us. We thank you for keeping us, God, as the weather, God, was changing. We thank you, God, that you never change, that you the same today, yesterday, and forever. God, we thank you that everything that we need, God, you have already supplied it according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, God, that means, God, that we don't have to try to figure it out. God, you have already worked it out. So we thank you, God, that you know the plans and the purposes you have for our lives on today. And we thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that your people hearts are open and receptive to receive this word on today. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise through this word on today. Be glorified in this place in Jesus name amen we're just going to go ahead and open our bibles to Deuteronomy the first chapter and we're going to see what God has to say unto his people we're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit Deuteronomy the first chapter look at your neighbor and say neighbor are you ready for the words of life say neighbor are you ready to get delivered healed, and set free. So let me ask you again. Neighbor, are you ready to get healed, to get delivered, and to get set free? Say, neighbor, it's already done. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We just need to find out what's already done. I'm going to start at Deuteronomy, the first chapter, and I'm going to start at verse 6. Deuteronomy, the first chapter, beginning at verse 6. And the word of God reads, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey, and go to the mount of the Amorites, and to all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, in the valley, in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. Let me read verse 6 again. The Lord our God spoke unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. I want to read that one again. The Lord our God spoke unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. I want to read it again. 
the Lord our God spoke unto us in miracle temple saying you have dwelt long enough in this mount I want to say it again the Lord our God is speaking unto us today in miracle temple saying ye have dwelt long enough in this mount what God want to talk about is a continuation from last week but it's going to be called stagnation in the body of Christ stagnation in the body of Christ when we look at that word stagnation that means there's a stillness there is no movement there is no growth so when you look at stagnation there's a stillness there's no movement there is no growth we talked about last week um, it's time to grow up but this week God want to add some to it to help us to understand where we are and I believe through this word you will know where you are in the body of Christ We look here when Moses was speaking unto the people and he was telling them through the word of the Lord that they had been at this mount long enough. There are places in our lives that we should not be in in this moment. We should have bypassed these things that's going on in our lives. Sometimes we stay in places that we should not be staying in. God want a movement in the body of Christ. We're dwelling too long with situations. We're dwelling too long with things that's occurring around us that we should not be dwelling on those things. The Lord was showing me this dealing with stagnation. I know some men, especially Brother Greg Adams, he's familiar with this, and some women maybe as well. You know how um, with your sinks, maybe bathroom, kitchen, or wherever, you notice how the water just flow through. You can let the stopper out, you know, pull the stopper up and the water just flow through. You don't have a problem. But during um, times where you put stuff in the sink that you shouldn't be putting in the sink, that you know you shouldn't be putting in the sink, but you put it in the sink anyway because you get so lazy that you don't want to take stuff out that shouldn't be in. You know how you throw stuff in the sink. You may wash your hair and hair may get stopped up in the sink. After a long period of time, you be you will begin to notice that that sink is not draining the way it should. It's slow movement. And you're saying, uh-oh, I believe this sink is, is getting stopped up. But what, what we do at times, we see the slow movement, but we just continue to use that sink and we wait on it, the water to run out. Is that right? Or at times what we do while we're waiting on the water to run out, you begin to see residue around that sink. You begin to see buildup. That sink began to change colors because there may be a black ring around that sink because there's buildup. The water is not draining the way it should. But when you get to the root of why that water is not draining through that drain, going through those pipes, then you begin to clean it out. And once you clean it out with whatever was in that sink, you have a flow. How many love a flow? How many love to see their sinks not being stopped up? It should be the same way with you in the body of Christ. When you have been in a ministry or you've been part of anything, I'm going to use a job. When you own a job, the first thing that they have to do is train you on that job. But before they train you on that job, they have to go over rules and regulations dealing with that job they have to show you how that company run so the first thing they're going to do is take you through orientation some people orientation may last a week some people orientation may last only one day but 
It doesn't matter. The whole point is they're getting you familiar with the company, with the policies, with the procedures of that company. I'm pretty sure some of us went through it. I don't care if you go to McDonald's, Bojangles, or wherever you go. They're showing you how that company run. Once they show you that, and they give you a handbook to show you how things supposed to be, and they give it to you, you know, by speaking it, then when something is happening, it's up to you to go back and look at the policies and procedures before you go back to them. You already know what should take place. So there is a growth. But if you just grab a job and you're not paying attention to what's going on on that job, when things pop up, you're looking like a deer in headlights. You're saying, well, I didn't know we had that. When did we get that? The day that you were hired. You already had it. But when we don't know what we have, we just move along and we become slow and everybody is moving ahead of us. And we're wondering why are people ahead of us and we started at the same time because they took what was given to them and they began to apply it. Now, if you're there um, up to 90 days, they expect you to be at a certain point within those 90 days. Because once they have trained you, they have showed you the process, they want to see you doing what they have shown you. Is that not right? If you begin not to do what they're showing you to do, then they're going to have to pull you aside. And they're going to say, we work with you. We have shown you how things should run, how they should operate, but we're seeing there's no movement in you. There's no growth in you. So at this time, we cannot use you at this company. So why did they do that? Because you are slowing everybody else down by not moving forward along with everybody else. Now, everybody else is moving, but you're still over here when you should be over here. And sometimes we come up with excuses. Well, I couldn't do like I wanted to do because we blame it on somebody else. But the whole thing is we have to look at ourselves. And this is what God is bringing in the body of Christ. It is stagnation in the body of Christ. There is no movement. There is no growth in the things of God. And this is why. We're going to get to the root of it. See, we always get to the root of why there's no movement. While people are still doing the same thing and doing it the same way. Now, we understand that when we go into the word of God, we may read, God is love. We read it, right? Everybody read that? God is love. We read that. But when we go back to that and we meditate on that, it should have more meaning to it. That means that we should have more illumination. We should not just read it as God is love. When we go out amongst people, they're going to know that God is love because we've been with the God of love and we're going to be showing that love. We just don't go into the word of God and read it and say we read it. But God said when you go into the word of God, you want this word to become a part of you. And when the word is not becoming a part of you and you say that you're reading it and your actions are not agreeing with what you're saying, then there is something wrong and that's when you need to stop and say Holy Spirit there's something that's causing me for not getting what the word of God is saying unto me so the Lord is saying today we're not taking time out 
when it comes to the word of God, to take heed to what the word of God is saying unto us. This Bible is your roadmap to your life. This is your spiritual mirror. The word of God shows you how to live. Getting back to the Israelites, when Moses was telling them, you done been around this mount long enough. He was giving them a word from the Lord. Now, they were in a place that was an 11-day journey, and it took 40 years. This is why Moses was saying, this should have been an 11-day journey, and it took 40 years. You've been here long enough. So what were the issues with the Israelites? First of all, the Israelites were in bondage. They were in slavery. They were in slavery to the Egyptians. They had to learn the Egyptian ways. They had to do what the Egyptians told them to do. But one day, God heard their cry. He heard the cries of their heart. What am I telling you? This walk with God is a heart cry. That means that when God know your heart and he know truly that you're ready for him to come and live and abide on the inside of you after you done heard the word of life, God is not going to sit there without sending you somebody to bring you out of that situation. So when they cried, the Bible said that God heard their cry. God is a spirit. So God had to use a man that he could trust to be their deliverer. Now I want you to follow along because it's going to take us to where we are. And Teresa's back there in her seat and her baby is just jumping. Teresa, I'm like, Paul, baby, I done made a connection with you and I can feel your spirit and I can feel you saying, go on, pastor, go on, go on, pastor, go on. See, you just like that man that when Paul perceived that his faith was where it needed to be, then that man was healed. So I'm here to tell you, I'm hearing you in the spirit and I'm letting you know today that healing has already come to your house. I'm here to tell you today when God perceived that you're ready to receive what he has for you, it don't take all day for you to get nothing from God. So these Israelites, they cried out and God said, Teresa, just go ahead and get your shout on, baby. See, this is how the word operates. When you allow the word to touch you, to reach out and grab you, nobody don't have to lay hands on you because you hear the spirit of the Lord speaking. That's what's supposed to happen. We're just taking a praise break. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes we just have to get it out. We have to get it out. See, what did God say? Deliverance is in the house. You don't need nobody to deliver you because the word would do it right by itself. If you allow the word to do what the word needs to do. God, we praise you. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word have delivering power. God, we thank you that you're moving even through this house on today. 
We thank you that people through this word is ready, God, to let go of everything that they're holding on to that's getting in their way. God, that's keeping them stagnant, that's keeping them from flowing. God, every bit of residue, every bit of stuff that's been backed up for years. God, we speak that it's uprooted in this house on today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. We thank you. Now we're going to move forward. See, you got to be patient. When the Holy Spirit is moving, you let him move. You don't just tell a usher, shh, be quiet. Because when God want to do something, God allow it to be done. Amen. So we see how God had to get a deliverer to bring them out of the place that they were in. And the one that was chosen was Moses. And I want y'all to understand Moses. Y'all know Moses' life. Y'all know that his mother raised him. She weaned him. And then she gave him to Pharaoh's daughter. When she gave him to Pharaoh's daughter, he learned the ways of the Egyptians. But guess what? Moses was taught like a Hebrew. He knew the ways of God. Even though he was in the Egyptians' household, he knew who he was serving. He knew who his God was. But God put Moses in a place of deliverance for his people. So Moses learned their ways, but y'all know how he come out of Egypt. He seen his brothers and they were fighting and Moses took over. He killed the Egyptian and he had to leave Egypt. But after he left Egypt, God was preparing him for where God wanted to take him. So Moses had an experience with God. Moses was old then. It was 40 years when God began to speak to Moses and he saw that burning bush. He saw the presence of the Lord. Moses had an experience first with God. Where am I going? Some of us are in stagnation because we're trying to be on meat when we're still on milk and we haven't had an experience with God. We haven't taken the time to grow. We're trying to be in a place that we're not yet in. But Moses, when God began to speak to him from that burning bush, he had that experience with God and God began to tell him, Moses, I'm sending you to deliver my people. But y'all know what was happening with Moses. He didn't think that he could do it. But God already knew what Moses could do. So anyway, y'all know that Moses was the deliverer. Moses brought them out of bondage. But guess what? They come out of Egypt. But Egypt have not yet come out of them. Think about it. They've been in Egypt for over 400 and some years. They were learning their ways. They knew their culture. So each time they got in trouble, they will always go back to where they've been. See, they didn't understand about God. They didn't um, really turn themselves totally over to God. The only time they turned themselves totally over to God was when they were in trouble and they didn't see a way out. And when God spoke to Moses to bring them out of that trouble, oh, I worship you, God. Oh, I love you, God. They were loving him because he was bringing them out of something. But then they went right back to the place that they were in. Am I talking to somebody? See, we love on God when we're in trouble. We begin to call on God when everything else fails. But once we get out of that trouble, we go back to the same place we've been. Why? Because their heart was still over there in Egypt. They still was longing for things that Egypt had. And Egypt is a form of the world. But God was giving Moses the laws. 
Why was God giving Moses the laws? Because he was showing them that you are different. You are different. You are a peculiar nation. When you go into all these lands, they should look at you differently from the way that they're living because you live differently from them because you're taught the way of the Lord. So Moses was teaching them all of these things, but there was still some stagnation. Why was there still some stagnation? Because they were rebelling against God. When you rebel against what the word of God is saying, that means that you're in disobedience. And that rebellion would get to the point as stubbornness, and then it would go to a sin of witchcraft. See, that's how witchcraft began to operate in the body of Christ because they had a leader. They had somebody to lead them. They had somebody that God was speaking to to give them what they needed. But some of them thought they knew more than God. Why did you bring us out here to die? You should have left us in Egypt. Every time times got hard, they complained. Why do you leave me out here to die, God? See, they weren't talking to Moses. They were talking to God because Moses was getting his instructions from God. That's why you need to know who you under. You need to know the person that you under to the point of that you know that they have spending time with God. Moses spent time with God. He can only give them what God was giving him. But those people rebelled. And each time that they rebelled, Moses went in and he interceded on their behalf so they would not die. So God took Moses' word, and that's what saved some of those people. But it got to the point, God said, it's time to move on. He said, you've been in this place too long. God knew it was rebellion. He knew that the people were not trusting him. They were putting more trust in Egypt. So it gets to a point when you don't hear God, then there's nothing that God can do for you. Even though he has given you everything that you need, but if you're not taking the word of life and meditating on the word of life, then you're going to die in the wilderness. These people, some of them did not come out of the wilderness. They died in the wilderness and God is bringing in this house that you are dying. And it's not because you're not getting fed. It's because you choose to die. It's because you choose to stay in the same place. See, these people were so stubborn. Moses called them stiff-necked. Stubborn. Rebels. Think about it. Every time that something come up, y'all know what it was with Moses when God told him to strike the rock, they'll get water. Oh, they got water. Oh, I love you, master. God just so good. And then when they got hungry, God rained bread from heaven. But how many know they got tired of that bread? I don't want that bread no more. I want me some meat. So God said, I'm going to give them so much meat that it's going to come out of their nostrils that they going to get so sick and tired of it i'm going to give you what you ask so they end up getting all that stuff but god said i had to show you that ain't what you need this is why we in the body of christ we need to stop being stagnated we need to find out why are we not moving what's holding me from doing what god has called me to do So Moses was the one, he struck the rock, the water come from the rock. Then there was a time God said, Moses, I don't want you to strike the rock no more. I just want you to speak my word. Those people made Moses so mad. They were complaining so much. I can understand. Moses got to that rock. Here, here, 
Drink your water. You know how you get. Moses was upset with those people, but he disobeyed God. So one thing that will keep you stagnant, that will stop you from moving, is disobedience. It's rebellion. We're getting to the place in the body of Christ. Some people don't even know they're in rebellion because it has become so much a part of their lives. They think that they're doing right, but they're not. Because if you're not lining up with this word and what this word says, if you're not in the word to know what it's saying, then you're going to rebel against the word. See, this is why when you start off in school, you start off in pre-K, then you go on to um, head start, no, head start pre-K, is that right? Kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you keep going up levels. But if you don't pass in those grades, you are left behind. Guess what? Do you think the schools are going to say, well, Teresa Waddell didn't do good in first grade, so we're just going to keep the rest of them behind with her. We're going to let the whole class stay behind until Teresa Waddell catch up. Is that normal? This is what's happening in the body of Christ. One bad apple will spoil the whole bunch if you don't know who you are in Christ. That one person will stop you from growing because they don't want to grow. They don't want to see you grow and they want to bring confusion to the body of Christ. This is why when they left Egypt, they began to take people with them, a mixed multitude. They weren't a part of the Hebrews. When they took them and the mixed multitude started complaining, then the Israelites started complaining and saying that they want what they had in Egypt. So one thing is rebellion. God said when you keep rebelling in the body of Christ and not being submissive to authority, see, this is the problem. People get so mad because someone is in charge and they tell you what to do. But they get their orders from God. But we determine whether or not it's God or not. We'll say God ain't told you that and I ain't doing it. Who are you to say what God said and what he didn't say and you in a carnal state? And you're not even in the word of God. So how can you say if it was God or not? The Bible said that to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritual minded is life and peace. So if you're not in the word of God, you're not going to be spiritually minded because the word is your mirror. So if anybody is listening to you, they are carnally minded as well. And they're not going to hear the instructions from God. Everything that sounds good ain't good. Y'all should know that in the Garden of Eden. Come on, did not that serpent make her feel doubt? Was not that serpent a part of the Garden of Eden, but the serpent was used by Satan? And that serpent began to deceive Eve. And by Eve being deceived, then her husband grabbed hold to what she was doing. But both of them was pure. Both of them served the same God, but yet and still, they end up doing stuff they had no business doing. So when you are rebellious, when you're coming up against authority, let me break it down. What does it mean to come up against authority? When somebody is in charge that God put in charge, you may not understand what they're saying. It is not for you to go in and judge it to try to see if they're saying what God said. For one, that's offense there. When you rise up in offense, that's going to keep you from discerning what God is saying. 
That's going to keep you from moving. That's going to keep the Holy Spirit from speaking because you too worried about what I do. Offense will stop you dead in your tracks. It will stop you from hearing God because you think you're right. And you think that the one that God put in authority is wrong and they don't know what they're doing. So rebellion is one. Then the Lord began to show me something else in the body of Christ. Y'all, I stayed on it so long. God was giving me so many messages with being stagnated in the body of Christ, not moving. God said, it's time for growth. It's time for us to grow up. He was showing me things that was keeping us from not growing. That is rebellion. When we get saved, somebody had to give you the good news concerning the kingdom of God. First of all, once they give you that good news, telling you what Jesus done on our our behalf, how he saved us because we couldn't save ourselves, what Jesus was doing, he was bringing you the good news of the kingdom. He was bringing the kingdom here on earth. So in order to receive the kingdom, you had to receive Christ. And in order to receive Christ, you had to believe in what Christ done. See, the problem is we're telling people more about what Christ has done done and that's good but we got to understand that he done all of that and died for us so we can receive heaven here on earth he said let thy kingdom come what on earth as it is in heaven we supposed to be kingdom saints We're supposed to be living the kingdom's way. So when people began to give you the good news concerning Jesus Christ, concerning what Jesus was bringing the kingdom, and you accept that good news, you don't stop there. Your next step is to get into a church that can teach you the things of God. You need to be fellowship. I'll give you the example. Do y'all remember when Peter preached his first initial sermon to the people? Peter preached with boldness and people's hearts began to turn towards the, the Lord. The next thing that happened, they didn't forsake fellowship. They end up being up under the doctrine and the teaching of Peter. They were steadfast in that thing. They were focused on that thing. And as they were steadfast in that teaching, Peter didn't have to tell them what to do. They took what they had to help those that were in need. They laid it at the apostles' feet. How were they so quick to do that? Because they were up under their doctrine. They were up under their teaching. They were being taught well. Nobody didn't have to make them do nothing. Why? Because they had the Holy Spirit. And dwell in them. And their hearts was open. What is happening in the church today? It's like pulling teeth. People don't want to let go. Because they're afraid to let go. They're afraid that somebody else is going to get ahead of them. They're afraid that if I do like the disciples did in the Bible, the ones that Peter uh, led to Christ, I won't have nothing. You ain't grown up yet. Because those people had the fellowship to the point of that whatever went on or whatever the apostles was bringing, they were together with them. So stagnation in the body of Christ comes through fear too. We're afraid that If I do this thing, 
it won't work remember the Israelites they were afraid they had to go spy out some land and God already told them that the land was theirs and he sent them to see that land they saw how that land was prosperous y'all they saw what was in that land but yet they saw giants so they didn't see what God wanted them to see. They were seeing in the natural. They weren't seeing what God was showing them. So they came back with an evil report. See, we got people in the body of Christ that's stagnant, that's giving evil reports and don't want you to see what God wants you to see because they want you to be where they are. And that's why some of them died. So what am I telling you? Quit hanging around stagnant people that don't want to move. Listen to this again. Quit hanging around stagnant folks that don't want to move, that's been doing the same thing for 20 years and not getting no result. That's being stagnated. That's no movement in the body of Christ. If you see somebody that just want to stay like they are, why carry them with you? So it's time for the body of Christ to keep it moving. That's one of my sayings. We're going to keep it moving. When people tell me what's going on, I say we're going to keep it moving. They don't want to be a part. Keep it moving. Have y'all ever heard me say that? I'm going to keep it moving. Well, they won't do so-and-so. Keep it moving. My life ain't based on them. My life is based on what God said. How do I know, y'all? Because when I was walking alone, when it was me and my husband and Jennifer Porter, even when they were pulling back on me, I said, I know what God said. I'm keeping it moving. And guess what? By keeping it moving, I am where I am today. Because I didn't look at what I didn't have. I didn't look at what they thought. I looked to him. And as long as you look to him, every stumbling block that's in your way will be moved. Why? Because you're saying, God, you told me. And if you told me I'm not stopping just because my husband say no or this other person is saying no. But y'all, let, let me clear this up. My husband, he thought I was crazy. He knows crazy faith. But once he jumped aboard and once he linked whole, because guess how he linked whole, y'all? He said, that girl ain't going to let it go. So either I'm going to move with her or I'm going to be what? Left behind. He didn't want to get left behind. So he had to grab hold to the move. Let me give you an example. Y'all know that, oh, I'm so excited with the word. Y'all know with the Israelites Guess what? They couldn't even move without the cloud, Kwana. When the cloud stopped, which was his glory, they had to be at a standstill. They couldn't move until that cloud was ready to move. Because he was a cloud by day and he was a fire by night. So when God moved, they had to move. But the ones that did not want to move with God, they died. Because they didn't want to hear God. So what am I saying? You want to be around people that's being led by the Holy Spirit. You want to be around people that when God say, they don't just quit doing what God said to please no man. They continue to do what God is telling them to do. And they have that assurance because they say, I know the God whom I serve. So rebellion will stop you from moving in the body of Christ. And I got something to tell you. We got some rebels. We got some people that still think I can do better. 
I, I would have done it this way. We got some people that'll say yes to what you're doing, but they ain't grabbed hold to what you're doing. They, they play acting. How do I know? See, God will show you play actors. How do uh, God show you play actors? I remember one night God was showing me I had told somebody to go do something. There was a lady that had come in the body of Christ and she was ministering. And y'all, I mean, the power of God was in the place. People were getting slain in the spirit. And all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there listening or watching. And this lady put on some kind of music. I said, oh, no, not up in here. And I sent somebody. I said, go tell her. I said, turn it off. Not up in here. The person went, but the music was still playing. Y'all, that dream was so, so God. I was sitting in my seat, and the music, Miss Mary, was still playing after I sent the person. Child, I jumped out of my seat and threw open the door and said, turn it off. Where am I going? The person went like they were rebellious, you know, obedient. But they didn't do what I asked them to do. So what was God showing me? He said, you got some that's acting like they're with you. And they're acting like they're doing what you want them to do, but it ain't getting done. Look at your neighbor and say, oop, there it is. That's rebellion. That means when you say you're going to do something that someone is asking you to do and you don't do it, you're in rebellion. That's stagnation in the body of Christ. How is it stagnation? Because if what you're supposed to do ain't getting done, it's slowing down the process and it's keeping us from doing what we need to be doing. The enemy all up in that, isn't he? So then the Lord began to show me this. So we know that it's rebellion. We know that it's disobedient and it becomes stubbornness and it becomes a sin of witchcraft. And the enemy is going to continually use you until you're ready to open up your heart and say, God, I got an issue. I do not like listening to nobody but me. I don't like for nobody to tell me nothing because what I already know, they shouldn't have to tell me. And matter of fact, why do you always point me out? Ain't nobody pointing you out. You point yourself out. Because when God is speaking and you come back to a person and say, why did you say me? Did I say you? I don't recall saying you. That's rebellion. And that's a form of pride. So pride will keep you stagnated. Because when you think you know everything, pride will stop you from moving forward because you think you can do it better than anybody else. So what you do, you act like you're helping, but actually you're not because you're saying it's wrong and that's not the way it should be. Unless we walk together, how can we be agreed? That's what the word of God says. The Bible says when two or three are gathered together in my midst, when two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in the midst of them. So if you're having problems, if you're a leader and you're having problems with that group, you don't continually lead a group when there's stagnation and you know there's stagnation, but you know why people do that? Because they don't want to bother that person. I'd rather just go ahead and do it myself and not bother that troublemaker. No, you got to stop right there and get to the root. You don't allow that to stay that way because what it's doing is tearing down the whole group. 
If you're going to be a leader, lead. That's what Moses had to do. He had to learn to lead. Matter of fact, it's a lot of people want to lead, but you're still in the baby stage. You still haven't grown. You're not growing, but yet you want to lead. So when you get put down to a lower level, you're mad and you're ready to leave church. Because you feel like somebody done you wrong. See, this is why we have so much church split. This is why so many people don't want to come in certain churches. Because guess what? They don't want to be told, no, you can't get on Judah. No, you can't be at the door. No, you can't teach yet. Well, they said I'm a teacher, but you ain't ready to teach yet. So you need to be taught before you can teach. Now, I'm going somewhere with that. Everybody following? Come on, stagnation in the body of Christ. Say, Lord, what was me? So when we have baby Christians that's coming into the house of the Lord to learn what God is going to do, he's going to meet them where they are. God is going to give them what they need. So what they have to do, they have to go home and meditate on what God has given them. And the Holy Spirit, he will come in at that time and he will give them illumination. Now, this is where I'm going. Don't just start, stop at being born again. You got to go further. What was happening in the word of God? Y'all see how Jesus raised up the disciples? He taught them the word. Anything that they needed to know, he opened up that word to them. He revealed it unto them. And as they were growing, this is what Jesus told them. He said, I want you to go and wait for the power of God to be clothed with the power of God on high. They were already being taught the things of God, but he knew he was going to be with the Father, and they had to carry on preaching the kingdom. And the only way they could preach the kingdom was with the power of God, which they had to be clothed with, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But let me back up a little bit. Do you remember that Jesus was allowing them to heal, deliver, and set the captives free? Y'all remember Matthew 10? He was showing them how the power of God was. So he gave them that right. He gave them that authority. So when Jesus was ready to go be with the Father and they get endued with the power of God from on high, they will begin to carry on what they had learned from him. Understand this. Jesus said, it's not going to be about me no more. Let me explain that. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is what we tell people about what he has done. This brings them salvation. But once they are born again, they need to be taught kingdom. Not about the death, burial, and resurrection over and over again, because that's what brought you to Christ. You should be past those principles. You should be teaching the kingdom of God and how the kingdom works. Remember, Jesus came to teach the kingdom, meaning that he said, repent. He said, repent, have a change of mind because the kingdom of God has come. Jesus was bringing the kingdom. So he was telling them how the kingdom of God supposed to operate. How did he do this? They saw healing. They saw deliverance. They saw prosperity. They saw joy. They saw peace. Everything that was happening in heaven, Jesus brought it here on earth. Jesus said, it's not about me. He said, I'm here to do my father's will. So if you are still teaching them principles on the death, burial, and resurrection and not teaching them everything concerning the kingdom, that is not the gospel. That's not the gospel. 
Jesus was bringing good news concerning the kingdom. It was coming through him, which was the savior of the world. So Jesus said, once you are endued with power on high, go preach kingdom. It's in the word. So as they preached kingdom, they got kingdom results. When they preached healing, people were healed. When they preached prosperity, people were prosperous. That's how people grow up. You don't keep people on the death, burial, and resurrection. That's what brought them to Christ. But the kingdom is going to give them the abundant life that they, oh, y'all, that they have in Christ. Look at your neighbor. Say, what you been doing? Say, they they have to get farther. They have to go past death, burial, and resurrection. That's what got them saved. Now you got to be taught the kingdom. This is where discipleship come in. And when you're discipling them, you are, um, they are followers of Jesus Christ. They're only doing what Jesus done when he was here on earth. He taught kingdom. So he told them to get this power. But guess what the Lord showed me, y'all? This is another stagnation in the body of Christ. People don't think they need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why they're not moving. You got ministers behind the pulpit that said they got all the Holy Ghost that they need. They don't even want you to speak in tongues. That's out of order. The only way tongues is out of order, tongues is the evidence that you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That does not mean you come in the house of the Lord and you continually speak in tongues while service is going on, interrupting people because that is not what it's meant for. So this is how I know that some people are still stagnant and not growing in the things of God because they're doing things out of order. So we go back to Jesus. Guess what the Lord showed me, y'all? Look at your neighbor. Say, wake up, neighbor. Say, you should be learning something. The Holy Spirit should already been done, showed you where you are. Look in Matthew, the third chapter. I want to show y'all something with Jesus. Y'all know Jesus, right? Y'all know him. Have y'all read about him? Let me tell you a little bit about him since you read about him. We'll be on one accord. Y'all remember Jesus. He was the son of God, but he came to earth as the son of man. Y'all know that man, right? And God sent him here for a plan, and he sent him here for a purpose. And when he was little, he was taught the things of God. He was raised up under, you know, the beliefs of the Jews, so so on and so on and so on. And as he was raised up, Jesus got to an age that it was time for his ministry to begin. Guess what Jesus had to do in order to go into ministry? He had to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost had to come upon him. Remember now, when you get saved, the Holy Ghost, he is on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That means that you identified as a child of God, as a son and as a daughter, right? So you identified, you have the nine fruit of the Spirit. And I feel in my spirit, some people say, okay, we're going over this again. Yes, we are. You know why? Because it's stagnation in the body of Christ. God want to bring you up where you need to be. So we know all of that. But one thing for Jesus to start his ministry, look at what had happened. He come to John the Baptist. Y'all know John the Baptist? That was a child of who? Zachariah and Elizabeth, right? John the Baptist was full of the Holy Ghost, even in the womb. You know, him and Jesus, they connected. Even before both of them was walking, they connected. Anywho, 
we go back to look at Jesus, what was happening to him. The Bible says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, this is Matthew, the third chapter, the 16th verse. And when Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Y'all know what baptism is, right? When you go have a, a service where somebody is going down under that water and coming up a new creation, that means that they are identifying their self of who they are now that they're in Christ Jesus. That's saying, you know, I am born again. Old things, you know, are buried. I'm coming up a new creation. That's what Jesus was doing. But guess what happened, y'all? In this it say, and lo, the heavens were open. Let me stop right there. This is dealing with the baptism. See, when you get the power of God from on high, you're going to be able to see into the heavens. The heaven is going to be open to you where things are going to be revealed to you that you never saw before. This is why in Paul's prayer, he said, I always pray, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. I thank you that the eyes of my understanding, which is my heart, is open so I will know the hope of your calling. The reason why I pray that every day, because I need to see spiritually today. I want to make sure that my eyes are so open to heaven that no matter what happens in my life, my focus is more on heaven than what's happening in the here and now. Now, when you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have the power of God on the inside of you and everything that God has is already yours but it needs to be open so you can see it so the Bible say and the heavens were open so it means that Jesus began to see heavenly things what did Jesus see the Bible said that unto him wait a minute the heavens were open unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighten upon him. Jesus saw heaven open. He saw a dove come and descend upon him. And guess what? That's when the power of God come upon Jesus for ministry. Where am I going? Without the power of God upon you, you cannot be an effectual witness. This is what's stagnating people in the body of Christ. Some of you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, but you do not use your heavenly language to build you up in the things of God. So when things are going on naturally in your life, you don't even recognize that you're full of the power of God and God has everything that you need for that situation. So we have to understand we're not going to move in the body of Christ, not unless we're fully equipped with what God has given us to see in the heavens. How do I know? Ezekiel was a prophet, and the Bible says that the heaven was open unto Ezekiel and Ezekiel began to see in heaven. He began to see the visions of God. It was people around Ezekiel, but they couldn't see what Ezekiel was seeing. What am I saying? You supposed to be so different that even though you in the natural world, you see in heavenly things and you begin to see and you begin to bring heaven here to earth and people are healed. They are delivered. They are set free because you see in what they don't yet had see so Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost and then the word tells us that yet while Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost we go to another state in the word of God y'all remember Stephen or Stephen y'all remember when the apostles they needed somebody to wait on tables they needed for somebody to serve um, the widows they said I want you to go find me men that are full of faith that that 
of the good report that are full of the faith, that are full of wisdom, that are full of the Holy Ghost. He said, these are the ones that I want you to find. I'm going somewhere because y'all, I'm trying to slow down, but it's hard. I'm going somewhere. I'm taking some breaths because I'm telling you, I was so excited. I hope you get excited. But he said, these are the ones I want you to find. I want you to find the ones among us. Let's stop right there. I want you to find these people among us. That means you ain't going out and get Mitch, an unsaved person, and bring them to church and have them waiting and doing the work of God when they don't have what you have because it ain't going to work. Right? So they had to find the ones with these stipulations. Guess what? They found Stephen, did they not? He was full of the faith. He was full of the Holy Ghost. He had everything that was needed to do the work that they were calling for him to do. These are deacons, y'all. These are deacons. They said, we're not going to leave the word and go serve tables when we got people among us that can do it. But these are the guidelines for these people. So they found these people. When they found these people, they had to be brought back to the apostles for them to lay hands on them, for them to pray for them. That's when they were being ordained. The apostles had to ordain them and put them in position. Y'all, I just don't understand. I yet do understand, but I'm saying I don't. You got people putting deacons in place that don't know nothing about no Holy Ghost. You got people putting people behind the pulpit that ain't got all the fullness of God, that's trying to lead the people of God, and you got people sitting there taking it, thinking that they know when they don't know. And people are following that. You got deacons that are still doing things in the world, that's still drinking, that ain't full of the faith, that ain't full of the Holy Ghost, that don't have a good report. What do I mean by a good report? The Bible say an honest report. That means a good reputation. You, your rap supposed to speak for you. That means not even um, in the church and outside the church. That means I don't come into church and put on an act. Then to get outside the church, and I'm, this is just who I am. I'm cursing, I'm drinking, I'm smoking, I'm living any kind of way. And then you put them over there in the deacon corner, in the deaconette corner, and they telling the pastor what to preach, and they just had a hangover. What foolishness is that? And then we go in the church and say, preach. Amen. You just like they are. You ain't full of the faith. You ain't full of him because you would know who you under. stagnation in the body of Christ we got churches that's in the same place allowing all kind of mess to go on in the church and people saying it's okay it is not okay that's not order and when you know order you ain't going to be part of something that's out of order because you ain't getting nothing from that fall out all you want you're going to get up with the same thing you're going to be the same way that you came in because you're thinking, oh, we had a good time. You know, some people say, oh, they sung today. Oh, they really sung. Well, what did the preacher preach? They sung. I'm telling you, they sung. They sing good every Sunday. What did the preacher say? Never heard what the preacher said. Never heard it. Because everybody got their own way of doing what they got to do in the church. Y'all, I'm tired of the church being stagnated. I'm ready for the church to move the way God want them to move. Jesus could not even go into ministry without the power of God. 
He was the son of God, but became the son of man to show us how it had to be in heaven here on earth. So you, you're going to be stagnated until you're full of the Holy Ghost. Guess what happened after Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost? Uh, we talked about Stephen. Let me tell you about Stephen and being full of the Holy Ghost. Y'all know they ordained Stephen. Stephen went out and he had the power of God and people knew that he was in the faith. They knew he had an honest report. But guess what happened next? Oh, Stephen began to tell him the word, Manny. I ain't never seen. His sermon was longer than Paul, um, Peter's, wasn't it? He had a whole page, chapter. He went from Genesis on up to the end. And when he got to the end, he said, you're just like they were. Ooh, that made them mad. They were gritting their teeth. You know why he did it? He was full of the Holy Ghost. He wasn't looking to man. He was looking to God. Guess what? They were mad. But guess what? The Bible said that he was so full of the Holy Ghost that he saw the heavens open. What did it mean? Man, if I got a problem with you and I'm so full of the Holy Ghost, I don't see your anger. I don't see the spirit operating in you. Guess what I see? Yes, I do see the spirit. But I'm so focused on God, I don't hold it against you. Go back and read it. The Bible said that he was full of the Holy Ghost and those people was ready to stone him. He just looked steadfastly. That's what it said. Into the heavens and steadfastly mean his focus, Julia, was so much on God. He didn't care how the people felt. Look at your neighbor and say, are you there yet? If you still worried about how people feel, you're going to be stagnated. You're not going to move fast, move forward. The Bible said, I can see him, Stephen, right now. Or Stephen looking up in heaven. And he saw, when he was looking up Jennifer, he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God when the heavens was open. He knew at that point, my focus is on him and what he's already done. I ain't got time to deal with these people. These people came and they was ready to stone Stephen. And matter of fact, they did. And why they were stoning Stephen? Because he was so focused on heaven. He said, Lord, forgive them. Because they know not what they have done. What is God telling you today? If you are so focused on him, you wouldn't be holding grudges. You wouldn't be all into yourself. You will be in the things of God. You will see the heavens open. You will let God's will be done on earth like it is in heaven. If you're so focused on him, you will know what the word says and you wouldn't be so angry. Oh, it's so much anger in this room. It's so much jealousy. It's so much offense. You don't have to defend yourself. You already been defended. You already been justified. The Bible says that when you talk too much, excuse me, my husband say you're a fool. That Bible says that too. When you talk too much, it's sin. You talk your way into sin. And then you become a fool. So what am I saying? Stagnation come in the body of Christ when your focus is more on people than it's on God. But Stephen's focus was not on even what they were doing to him. Come on, y'all. Are we there yet? 
Because if we so focus on him, we don't look at what they're doing. We look at what he's already done. And we say, Father, forgive them because they know not what they're doing. And then he gave up the ghost. So heaven need to be open. And the only way heaven can be open to you is if you're full of the Holy Ghost. And if you are full of the Holy Ghost and heaven is not open, you got some stuff in your way and you're blinded and you can't see what God would have for you to see because you're too much into other things than you are in the things of God. Why are people seeing stuff that you don't see and it's so obvious because you ain't in the word. Stephen was so full of the word, Manny, that the word spoke for Stephen. Only thing he had to do was bring the word and guess what? It was bringing stuff out of people. Bringing so much hatred that they say, you're going to die today. They wasn't ready to change. But he said, forgive them. Don't lay it to their charge. Is that not God? Is that not what he done for us? Come on, when we know what God has done for us, then that's what we want to do for others. That means that when I lay down my life, that means I'm laying it down not to physically die, but I'm humbling myself. I'm crucifying my flesh. I ain't letting it rise up in me. The only thing they see in coming through me is the glory of God. Y'all, I can spot a stronghold well. Only thing I have to do is just sit there and listen. Wow. Man, you got a stronghold in your life. Strongholds will keep you stagnated in the body of Christ. That's why the enemy get them on you. The enemy gets strongholds in you from the day you in the womb. And he build it up through your lifetime, through your way of thinking. And as a man thinking his heart, so is he, so that's what he becomes. So the more you think on a thing and you don't get rid of that thing, that's what you become, that's what you believe. And then it's hard for anybody to change your mind. And when the word of God is coming, you don't hear the word of God. You only hear in what you've been programmed to. Next thing, I'm moving ahead. So we know how you got to be full of what? The Holy Ghost. Because if you're not, you will be stagnated. But guess the next thing I want y'all to get. In that next verse, after the power of God come upon Jesus, guess what God said? This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Guess what? Jesus, man, he got validated. He got acceptance and approval from God. Guess what that says? You don't need approval from nobody but God for the call that God has given you. See, this is where you're stagnating in the body of Christ. You waiting on somebody to tell you who you are or what your call is. Jesus didn't let nobody validate him but God. When God said, this is my beloved son, God had accepted him for who he was. So by Jesus having God's acceptance, he didn't need man's acceptance. He only needed God's acceptance. The Bible tells me that it, I believe it was, uh, I can't remember the scripture, Holy Spirit will bring it to me. It was where, it was John the 12th chapter. Thank you, Holy Spirit. High five. It was John the 12th chapter. It was where the people um, would not come against the Pharisees. What was happening was they knew what was right, but they would not come against them because they wanted approval of man more than they want approval of God. And that's why Jesus said, you rather give more praise to man than give praise to God. What am I saying? Some of us rather let man dictate us, tell us who we are more than knowing who we are now that we're in Christ. Nobody can validate you but God. 
What am I saying? Yes, it's good to say, Brother Greg, good job. But if he looked for me all the time to say, Brother Greg, good job, I'd be worn out. Every time, Brother Greg, good job, good job, good job. And he's, oh, thank you, Pastor. But if he wait on that all the time and when I don't do it, he going to be mad. Because if I go to Miss Mary and say, God really used you today, woman of God, Brother Greg be, mm-hmm. Because he was waiting on me to accept him and approve him. But when you know you've been approved by God and you've been accepted and beloved, it don't matter what people say or how people say it, and you're not even trying to get approval from people. So don't do what you do to be approved by man because that means you stagnated and you wait no man to say, all right, girl, all right, man, you got it going on, and then you move forward. You're going to fall. See, that's why people wonder. She just say anything. No, I don't. I said what my father tell me to say because he validated me. He gave me approval. So I ain't waiting on nobody to sign me off and hit a stamp to say I'm validating you. No, whatever God has called me to do, then I'm getting teaching from the Holy Ghost in that call. And I just walk in it and I ain't waiting on no certificate or nobody to tell me nothing. Let me tell you something. Now, we don't get out of order in church. I didn't go in nobody's church and say, hey, I'm a pastor. I need to be on that front row. Mm-mm. I knew who God had called me to be. So I just walked in it, but I didn't allow man to put me in a place that God didn't put me in because he validated me. How did Jesus do so much? Because he knew he was accepted by God and not man. He knew his approval came from the father. And when you know your approval come from the father, why are you waiting on somebody to approve you? My husband can't even uh, approve me. Why? Because God has already done it. But yeah, I love sometimes when he say, oh, thank you. I love it. But I don't wait on him to say thank you every time. Because if, if, if I was like that, I'd be like, you ain't getting nothing else to eat because you don't know how to say thank you. So rebellion will keep you stagnated. Not being full of the Holy Ghost, offense will keep you stagnated. What else? Jealousy will keep you stagnated. Anger will keep you stagnated. Uh, being uh, accepted or approved by man will keep you stagnated. If you know that God is speaking to you in this house, you need to go back to him and spend time in prayer because guess what? You ain't moving forward. Some of you are trying to move forward and you staying in that same spot because you still want acceptance and approval by man. Some people want to be a part of things because they see somebody else being a part and that ain't where God puts you and you causing trouble in the body of Christ because you ain't a part of that. Why would God make you a part of something you ain't even in his word and you don't even show up to church, you only show up to Bible study, but you want to be a part because everybody having a good time. The root of it is rejection. Rejection is something. The root of trying to be accepted is being rejected. I want somebody to accept me. I want to feel needed. I want to feel wanted. And when a rejected person don't receive that, they put somebody else out there. They make somebody else look little so they can stand out in the crowd. See me, hear me, be attached to me. But that didn't matter to Jesus. He knew his approval came from God. And as long as you know that you've been approved by him, and guess when he approved you? Even while you was in your sin. He accepted you in the beloved even when you wasn't um, uh, uh, beloved. So God is saying today, it's time to move. 
It's time to move forward. God is setting down. I want y'all to hear this. He's setting down in this year. And he's raising up those that want to keep it moving. What am I saying? The whippering is over. The complaining and murmuring is over. The excuses are over. Because when you are about your father's business, you ain't letting nothing stop you from being about his business. You're putting him first and foremost in your life. That means the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Y'all, this is a new year. And we shouldn't be in the same place we were in last year. Come on, when you make up your mind and you want to lose weight, you do all you can to lose weight. You run more, you eat less, you talk about what you're doing to lose weight. But when it comes to the word of God, we slip. We don't put no effort there because we want everybody to do it for us. We want people to make us feel good, but we don't want to go into the word of God and grab it for ourselves. Do you know it takes time out in the word of God? The Bible says study to show yourself approved. That's how you show yourself approved the way you've been. If you stay in the word of God, nobody have to tell you nothing to do. I'll give you an example. Is Harold in here? You sure? Yes, he is. Yeah, but I got several people that's playing Harold. He's still in the house. You know why? Because they picked up where Harold couldn't pick up, and I didn't even have to ask. That's growth in the body of Christ. They knew what needed to be done, and me and my husband didn't have to ask because they knew somebody was missing in action. That tells me where the heart is. Is that growing? Anytime you're growing in Christ, nobody have to tell you what to do. You do it. Nobody have to tell you to come to church because you know what church does for you. This is where you get taught. This is where you come into fellowship. And as you're getting taught, you're going home and opening up the word of God and you're meditating on what you've been taught so you can develop in what God has given you. See, I can give Manny the word, but I can't make Manny take the word. Manny have to make up his mind and say, well, God, you were saying something. Some of it I didn't quite understand, but I want to go back to it so you can bring it to me, to my understanding. God, I want to know what you're saying because I want to be on one accord. So when I go with pastor somewhere and somebody asks me, well, what did your pastor say today? What did she preach on today? Well, I'll, I'll just give it to you the way the Lord gave it to me. Guess what? He had to get it from somewhere in order for God to give it to him for where he is. It's going to be the same word, but it's going to be brought differently because God is going to use him differently from me because of where he is. He ain't going to be talking like no woman. He's going to be talking like a man. And he's going to bring the scripture the way God will have him to bring the scripture. But guess what? It wasn't my word. It wasn't his word. It was God's word. See, we got a problem. See, we want it to be so much our word. You stagnated. You took my word. I didn't take your word. I went back into the word and God gave it to me another way. And I bought it the way God told me to bring it. It wasn't never yours. Stagnation. We so afraid somebody gonna steal our word. Look at your neighbor say, it ain't your word. 
See, last time I've read the Bible, it was God's word. That's competition in the body of Christ. That would keep you stagnated. Just like Judge Turner. You got all attorneys over Pender County. Some of them have different, what you call it, Tanya, help me with it. Uh, You have divorced attorneys. You have different types, right? Tanya, if somebody come in your office and what you have been brought, I mean, you know what yours is, right? If they come in your office with something outside of you, what you going to do? You going to what? Girl, are you crazy? You could get that consultation fee. Act like you know. How you think you're going to get paid if you don't act like you know? See, that's truth in that office. She referring them to somebody that she know that she have confidence in that can help them, right? Stagnation in the body of Christ is because some people act like they know and don't. Give you an example. Angelo, how long you been knowing me, son? Long time, right? So if somebody come to you and they talking to you about divorce, where are you going to send them? You send somebody that's married or been married. You're going to send them to somebody that's married. What if they were part of this church? Why would you send them to me, Angelo? Smart, isn't it? The question should be, have you talked to pastor? Yeah, I talked to pastor. Why are you talking to me? People don't do that. You know what they do? Well, first of all, this is what I would do. Because people want to be validated. They want to be approved by man to say, I know too. But you don't know the conversation I had with that person, so you're going to bring confusion to that person. So you need to send them back to where they've been. Do you know what they're going to say? I've been to Pastor Monica, but she didn't tell me everything I needed to know. So I thought I would come to you. Is that confusion in the body of Christ? No. What I told you, you didn't want to hear it. So you want to take it to somebody else to get them to agree with you, to make you feel like you're right so they can turn against me and got their nose turned up and looking at you like they the pastor. Done been there, done done that. Then they got themselves in a whirlwind of mess because they thought they knew. Then they're going to come running to me. Pastor, 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 pastor. Did you hear what happened? No. Well, how did you handle it? Well, this is what I said. Well, you handle it. You continue to handle it. You got yourself in that mess. Get yourself out. See, I used to try to fix it. No, you fixed it. You the pastor. You fixed it. I don't know what to do. What am I saying? You don't need approval from man. You need it from God. Get in your place. Get in your position. And as long as you're seeking him, he will be found. And he will tell you who you are now that you're in Christ. And nobody will have to validate you. We got too much stagnation in the body of Christ. We got too many people in places that they don't need to be in. And guess what? Y'all see a plant there? You got to pull up that root. If you don't get to the root of that plant, you're still going to have stuff growing around that plant. But once you get to the root, you're going to take everything with you. This is a year 
when we're going to pull up stuff in the body of Christ that don't supposed to be in place, I'm tired of dealing with babies. I ain't wiping no more behinds. I ain't giving no more bottles out. You want to stay in your stubbornness? You won't stay in that position in here being stubborn when I gave you the opportunity to come out of it. Either you're going to humble yourself and say, God, woe is me. I need help. It ain't always nobody else. Anybody, when you come to them and you say, I got a situation I need to talk to you about, and the first thing you say, well, what about them? You're still a baby. I didn't come to you about them. You don't see nobody else but me? That's childish. That's not growing up in Christ. You should humble yourself and you should be willing to listen and not blowing up like a blowfish. Stagnation. God can't move you forward. He can't have you to operate in the gifts with your attitude like it is because you still think it's about you. It ain't about you. It's about him. He wants to, to receive that glory. It's not your glory. It's his. His glory is in you. But when it come out of you, he's the one being glorified, not you. So don't use gifts to be accepted and approved by God. Use them as the spirit wills. Y'all, it's time out for stagnation. It's time out for growth. And I got something to tell you. If you know, pointing at the camera, I'm talking to you. If you know, do what you say you know. Don't say you know and you ain't doing what you know according to the word. You just don't know. How do people get out of order, Judge Turner, and say they know, but they walking in error? How can you know something you still walking in error, Manny? Somebody tell me, maybe I'm just blind. You know what hurts most? When you see what's going on around a person and you telling them. Done told them. Done told them. Then Brother Gray walk up to him. He tell him. Then you come back to me, Pastor, Pastor, guess what Brother Greg said? I'm like, huh? You've been hearing this for years. Why you didn't get it? Because the person didn't want to receive it from the one that was bringing it. There was a new person. They felt good because somebody new was telling them. Now they say, I got it. I thank God that you got it, but it shouldn't have took that long. You were in the wilderness for that long because you didn't want to listen. Y'all, it's time to grow up. If you want to be about him, be about him. Don't just come to church and hold a seat. Come to church to hear the, the word of God and go out and share what you're hearing. And the more that you share, the more we're going to have people coming to Christ. That's the point, y'all. The disciples learned to make disciples, not to keep it to themselves. Amen. We're going to stop the stagnation in the body of Christ by doing what God tell us to do in Jesus name. The daughter right here behind you, Barbara, can you come here, baby? Look at your neighbor. Say, get over you. Say, it was never about you. Say, it's time to move forward. Say, it's time to clean out them pipes.